Welcome into the fourth episode of the Burning Leaf Podcast. Russo, Tom, and myself are here with you. And uh, last episode, we talked about what the Leafs and the Flames did in the offseason. But now we are going to majority of the NHL and what signings and trades has been done by those teams. So we have a pretty big list of free agents we have to get through. So I guess before we get into it, the main part of the episode, that is. Uh, this episode was actually recorded on Wednesday, October 14th. So if we don't talk about any of the signings that happened between now and when the podcast gets released, I'm sorry for that. And uh, yeah, we'll get into the main part of the episode. I don't know, Russo, why don't you start us off with a big one, which is Alex Petrangelo going to the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, this one was really no surprise. I think everyone kind of saw this one coming. Uh, but Petro, 8.8 over seven years in the Vegas Golden Knights. You know what? They had to ship out Nate Schmidt to get it done, but they're getting an elite, elite, one of the premier defensemen in the NHL and Alex Petrangelo. Um, it's a great sign for Vegas. You know, they they get their guy and this team, they're stacked. It's massive for gold for Vegas and fourth year in the NHL they're going to be into. And Petrangelo, Stone, Pacioretty, you know, these are all guys that they've traded for a sign. So um, pretty huge for Vegas. They're definitely the top dog in the Pacific, if they weren't already, and it's really their division to lose now. So I love it for the Golden Knights. Uh, Tom Thomas, what do you got on this? Yeah, I think like um, the term on that, like it's Petrangelo, so you can't really go wrong with it. Uh, money is fine, especially considering like the circumstances. Yeah, it'd be an underpayment if it was any normal year. Um, just the later years on that, I'm a little worried about, but I don't think Vegas is they're in a very much win-now mode. And it's bringing on a guy like Petrangelo. That's a win-now mode. And I think Vegas is going to be really scary next year. They're going to be really good. Yeah, uh, that signing, I think, like, was it was it needed from the Golden Knights? They really need to go to this cap floor and share all these guys? Yeah, maybe. But I think Alex Petrangelo, when you have a guy on the market like that, I think you can't deny, like, your interest in him. So... Like the Vegas Golden Knights, like Russo said, getting a premier defenseman in the league. He's one of the best. And they're literally in win-now mode in their fourth year of NHL hockey in existence. Like, that that's crazy. They have so many big names in their teams, and it's, like, crazy. Yeah, and I think, uh, like, he has a ring, right, with St. Louis. And I think that's right. that can't be understated on Vegas because who really has, the like, a ring on that team? Flurry. Flurry, Mark Andre Flurry. They're trying to move him, and he's the backup. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it doesn't look like they're moving him. Or no, they're gonna start with the season with him, but we'll see how that goes. And Probably next yeah. year, which is crazy. Yeah. But that's also yeah. wow. That's a really good tandem. But Leonard's are number one. If they go 60-40, it's still gonna be Leonard as the number one. But I think like bringing in a guy like Petrangelo, captain, Team Canada, top defenseman, like that's that's gonna be a big win for the. The Golden Knights in the locker room. It's it's literally not fair that no, know, they're in their no. fourth season. They're already this good. It's it's crazy, but it's also the asset management. How well Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee have done. You know they stockpiled a million draft picks and a million assets yep. at the at the expansion draft. And even though they've missed on a few, Thomas Tatar had among them. They turned that into Max Pacioretty. It's it's amazing. Like, you know, they used Eric Brandstrom and their picks to get Mark Stone. They used their picks to get Tatar. Yep. They used Tatar to get Pacioretty and Suzuki. They used to get Pacioretty. It's it's nuts. It's absolutely incredible. And they're going to be, even though they're in my division, they're going to be so much fun to watch. <laughs> Theodore and Petro, come on. Yeah, yeah. they're going to be a fun team to watch. And now, speaking of silly, what about Taylor Hall, guys? What a... <laughs> What a weird <laughs> one year. Uh, I'll let you guys bucks. start it off because I, I have the. Um, how do I say this? The Buffalo Jack Eichels now have the Jack Eichels and Taylor Hall. Yeah, like it's was they have a no move to, but he can request a trade when inevitably yeah. they don't make the playoffs. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know why he chose Buffalo. Everybody that goes to Buffalo is losing their will to play hockey and is Taylor Hall anybody that isn't going to have that happen to them? Like Ryan O'Reilly, um, Sabatka, whatever. Like Buffalo's We're not still, a fun place I to be. That, you know. like, Buffalo's not a fun place to be in. Uh, I think Taylor Hall needs a fun place to be in. Buffalo's not it. I don't care if he got $8 million a year. Like, What were the other contracts? 
Colorado couldn't have offered him money. They still have six million bucks. Like, I don't know. It's a really weird one. And let's hope it works out for him because there's not much option with that. Yeah. It's, yeah, uh, I think. What do you want to go, Russo? You go. Oh, uh, I was going to say, like, I, I think from a Taylor Hall perspective, he said he wants to win, but he chose Buffalo. I, I What I can understand from his side of it is, you know, his value kind of plummeted this year a little bit. I don't know if he – I don't know, like, when he went to market if there was as much for him as he thought there was going to be. You know, he didn't have a great start in New Jersey given he was in New Jersey, and then he went to Arizona, and I don't know if things necessarily went his way there either. But with Buffalo – I think there had to, there was a massive reason he signed to Buffalo, and I think that's Jack Eichel and the opportunity to play with him. He goes there one year, he got his money, but now I think he's going to try and pull a Jeff Skinner kind of thing, where he's going to play with Jack Eichel, put up a ton of points, and you know, hopefully in a year he can go and cash in when you know there's when there's no pandemic, and you know, hopefully the cap goes up a little bit and he can mm-hmm. cash in. From a Buffalo perspective, I view this as an absolute win. I mean. If you're the Buffalo Sabres, you just signed a guy that would hopefully make Jack Eichel happy. Mm-hmm. And you are – and even if the Sabres suck at the deadline, which it's very possible they will, <laughs> they can just move Taylor Hall for assets, and they'll probably get a nice return on them for a guy you signed for free. And then if the Sabres do well, then you have Taylor Hall for the playoffs. You know, I, I don't see this as a lose for Buffalo. It's a win. And you know what? If Taylor Hall goes here and has a big year – that's big for Taylor Hall. I, I, I'm really rooting for Taylor Hall because I'm a big Taylor Hall fan. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, I like it for Buffalo, Taylor. We'll see. Head scratching for Taylor Hall for me. I mean, just like like you've played for Edmonton, New Jersey, and Arizona, and Buffalo. Like that's not very – those four teams at the times he played with them, they weren't very good. So Taylor Hall is kind of head scratching for me. I thought Colorado, even if they offer six mil one year, I'm still taking even if like four mil one year. Just go shotgun with McKinnon, Landeskog, Ranton on the forward group. I think you should have chose that. But hey, if Buffalo makes the playoffs, okay. I don't see it happening. But him and Eichel on a on a line together and on the power play, that's that's gonna be deadly. Yeah, and I think it ultimately just came down to like Ralph Kruger being there. Oh, and he loves Ralph yeah. Kruger. It, yeah, he loves Ralph Kruger, and like if that's the guy you want to go play for, then like sure. Good enough for you. I mean, that's where you want to be. Good luck. Yeah. Did, did, just before we finish on Taylor Hall, did anyone tell Taylor Hall that he has to live in Buffalo for a year? Uh, I think he'll figure that out once he arrives at the airport. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so I guess moving on real quick. Uh, the other the other really big signing that happened when free agency opened uh, Tory Krug joining the St. Louis Blues on a seven-year, six and a half million dollars per year deal. Um, I don't think anyone really expected St. Louis, but um, you guys can start this one off. What are your thoughts on Tory Krug joining joining the team that beat them in the 2019 Stanley Cup Final, St. Louis Blues? Yeah, if uh, if you can't beat them, join them, right? No, no, no not for, not in this scenario. He's kind of like. I think the St. Louis Blues kind of offered the contract because they knew they were going to lose Petrangelo and he was the next best defenseman on the market. Uh, he's a very good power play player. He can move the puck very well on the power play. So I think Petrangelo wasn't the best at it on the power play and me watching the St. Louis Blues all basically year because I had a few of them on my fantasy team. And when they went on the power play, like Petrangelo wasn't that, like he was a good power play defenseman, just he couldn't move the puck as fast as Krug is going to move it. And they're going to see that right away. But uh Krug stepping in there for the contract he had, it's kind of head-scratching again from Boston. I don't know why they couldn't offer that for like for him, especially a guy who's been there since, what, 2013 when he stepped in the playoffs and he dominated there. So uh, I didn't understand that from Buffalo, but it's going to be big shoes to fill for Tory Krug going in there and replacing Alex Petrangelo because Petrangelo ate up a lot of minutes there and Pareko as well is going to have to step up and Justin Falk, who they had for one year and didn't really go well, has to step up as well for that decor. Yeah, and then imagine they didn't have Justin Falk and they were able to still keep crew and that money and reallocate it to Petrangelo. I mean, yeah, but I mean, it seemed like Petrangelo just wanted a new challenge. So he walked out and they brought in Tori Krug and him and Robert Thomas will be best friends now. Yeah. Uh, 
it's I don't know. It's a win for St. Louis. It's a win for Krug. Let's see it, where that goes. Right. Like, I don't think you can really go wrong there. It's, yeah, I think I like the money for Krug. I'm not yeah. crazy on the term. Um, but if you're St. Louis, you probably knew or you thought you were going to lose Petrangelo, and you go inside Tory Krug, who isn't necessarily as good as Alex Petrangelo, probably better on the power play. He's been one of the better power play quarterbacks in the league for years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to get the same defensive game that you would from Alex Petrangelo, obviously. You might get a little more offense out of Krug, but if you're St. Louis, I think they just thought they were going to lose a guy and um, obviously a massive piece in Petro. Um, and to bring in Krug, it's it's uh, it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. Uh, he's a very good defenseman. Like I said, just the term is a little scary for me because he is 29. Uh, but we'll see where things go Krug. Uh, St. Louis are very much still in win-now mode. So, okay, I really apologize, guys. We have, like, stuff going on in my kitchen. It's a disaster right now. So, <laughs> you can't really apologize. But I'll, I'll throw it to the other guys because they are banging and slamming. But uh, I'll just end it off by saying I like Tory Krug and St. Louis. Yeah. And we'll see how it goes from here. Now, another signing I like is Tyler Toffoli in Montreal. Not necessarily for Tyler Toffoli, but I like it for Montreal. Uh, Bergevin had on his radar a power forward very clearly, a score very clearly, uh, a backup goalie, and a defenseman. He's addressed all those needs in free agency. And I think he's done um, an okay job overall with it. I mean, Tyler fully got four years, 4.25. It's... It's good. Not a lot for him. Not a lot for him. Um, don't know what the market was like for him. I assumed it would have been higher. Uh, it's honestly, I just look at this as like good signing for Montreal, good signing for Toffoli, win-win for player and team. Yeah. Um, Vancouver, you lost. What are you doing? It's this- it's sort of the same thing we've been saying the last few people that have been on this list. Like, what is the other team that let them go doing? Like, they could afford it, you know. Uh, well, I don't know. Like, Vancouver couldn't have, I don't believe, but it was really just like you chose to go this route, right? It's, I don't, I mean, all their they're overpaying Brandon Sutter, like Michael Furlan makes 3.5, like Bear Chi, yeah, so Beagle, like, I don't, the money could have been allocated elsewhere. Uh, I mean, they brought in nature. So I guess in a way, also they... Tyler Myers. Yeah. Also, Tyler Myers kind of makes yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, that too. Six million. Uh, I mean, it's really just it just boils down to I think Vancouver fucked up royally with their whole asset management, and it yeah, didn't, it didn't work out for them. So, um, Thomas, what do you think about it? Yeah, look, I like it for Montreal. I'm the same boat as you. Like, you're getting like a score, and that's what the Montreal Canadiens need. And the thing with Gallagher, apparently the contract talks aren't going very good. So if you lose him, I mean, Tyler Toffoli's no Gallagher, but if you lose right. him, you have a guy like Toffoli that can, is going to step in and on your first line or second line and going to just pile in goals for you. And he's going to play with a good centerman, either Kakanyemi, Dano, or Suzuki. So one of those centers is definitely going to feed him the puck and he's going to score goals. So I think that's why Montreal got him. It's a great deal. Yeah, and I, uh, Montreal's still really set up for the future they have. A first rounder this year, two seconds next, three thirds, four or three fourths and three fifths. So I mean, they have a lot in the bank for them. Russo, how about you? What are your thoughts? Uh, for Toffoli, I like it for Montreal. Uh, Toffoli's one of those guys where he drives play really well. He tends to shift the ice into his team's favor whenever he's out there. Um, and you know what? For the contract, I thought Tavoy was going to get a little more on open market, but 4.25 on a four-year deal. Uh, it's crazy that he got paid less than Josh Anderson. Um, but uh, I really like it for Montreal. I think they needed some more forward depth. Uh, you know, they had trouble scoring in the playoffs, obviously, or not even in the playoffs, in the last four or five years. Like, that's been yeah. their problem, is that they had trouble scoring goals. Tyler Tafoli, that's a need that... Uh, that is a it's a fill need for the Habs, and like I said, at that term, and that that money, it's a really good deal for Montreal, and I, I really like it. I've been hard on Mark Bergevin. Um, I've been hard on Mark Bergevin uh, this uh, this off season, and uh, some of the moves he's made, but this is a good one. 
Uh, I like this one for Montreal, and I yeah. think it should work for them. It's a good one. I'm still not too sure how close it gets them, realistically. I mean, they're still fairly outside of the playoffs. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, moving on, the Devils made some surprise pickups with Corey yep. Crawford, and then they traded for Ryan Murray and Andreas Janssen. Um, Crawford didn't know he was a Devils fan. Uh, he just, I guess he just wanted to go play with New Jersey. There's a fit there. They bought out Schneider. Bring him in. Uh, he'll be a really good mentor for uh, Kenzie Blackwood, who I think really needs it. Uh, and then Ryan Murray and Andreas Janssen's two really good pickups for them, really solid and really cheap. Like, it's upgrades for the team overall. Uh, they have an abundance of cap, and they yeah. spent it to bring in assets, which I think is really what you have to do, especially now where a bunch of teams are in such a tight cap crunch. Right. Yeah, like you just said, Tom, like just very cheap trades, like a fifth round pick for Ryan Murray. Like I like I know Ryan Murray's not the best defenseman in the league, but like a fifth, like really? Like, like Columbus and Astor, like a third, maybe a second. Like if that's yeah. a really good deal for New Jersey, it's like it's a win-win situation for them in all these deals, to be honest. Yeah, it's just really good overall. I mean, I mean, you can't really fault the Devils. Will they be spectacular next year? No, but this helps them win more games and build a deeper lineup through and through. Just like uh, what our next team is doing, Edmonton with Turris, Ennis, and Pugliarvi. Um, I mean, Kyle Turris, that buyout for Nashville is going to be really rough. I think eight years for two million bucks on the cap for eight years is really going to hurt a team like Nashville. Um, I think Tyler Ennis and Jesse Puyarvi, it's two cheap pickups. I mean, Puyarvi was already on there and Ennis was already on there. So let me just bring them back. Hopefully Puyarvi can actually come back over and be really good. Um, but yeah, I like what Edmonton's done. And Russo, I know you wanted to speak on the Devils as well. Yeah, because you kind of just skipped over me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I really, I really like what New Jersey's been doing this offseason. Uh, was, this was a team that obviously had – they had um, they had hope, I think, last year. They wanted to be better than they were. Uh, but Andreas Janssen, really low-key, kind of good pickup for them. You know, he's good offensive guy. He's worked 20 goals a couple years ago. And if he's going to be playing alongside Heesher Hughes, there's a good opportunity he does that again. Uh, Ryan Murray – the one problem Ryan Murray has had throughout his career is that uh, he's had trouble staying healthy. But when he's healthy, he's one of the better defensive defensemen in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's not living up to the second overall hype that, you know, when he was drafted back in 2012, 2012. Yeah. Um, but uh, he's still very solid. And that's kind of what New Jersey needs. They need solid defensive defensemen because they don't really have many. And Corey Crawford, I love it. I love the Corey Crawford move for New Jersey. Three and three point nine million over two years. He kind of gets the platoon with Blackwood, who Kenzie Blackwood was really good last year. On a bad and they don't really Yeah, really yeah. bad goals team last year. And they don't have to run Mackenzie Blackwood to the ground. This guy's only twenty-three. Mm-hmm. Um, that isn't something you necessarily want to be doing with a twenty-three year old goalie. And Corey Crawford even at 35 years old, he's still a really solid goalie. So yeah. um, I really, really do like it for New Jersey. And I think they're going to get better. Isher and Hughes are really good. So um really like it for New Jersey. I really like what uh, Fitzpatrick's doing over there. Fitzpatrick's okay, I'm going to just Cheryl. keep that going. And what are your thoughts on what Edmonton's done? They're just down the road from you, so hopefully. <laughs> uh, it, it, it seems like Edmonton's plan is just straight up, we don't care about defense, and we're just going to go strictly offense. Yeah. Um, Burris, not a great defensive player. We'll definitely add depth. He'll probably play the third, the three C role behind McDavid Dreisaitl and Tyson Berry, um, coming in, trying to redeem himself after a tough year in Toronto. We'll get a lot of power play time due to Oscar Clefbaum probably not playing next year, which it looks like he might not. Uh, again, this seems like a Taylor Hall situation where he's going to a place to kind of rebuild his value to kind of mm-hmm. play with a McDavid and a Dreisaitl and a Nuge. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, for Edmonton, doesn't really solve their problems defensively because we saw Tyson Berry's whole career. He's never been great defensively. He's right. been a power play guy, offensive guy. Doesn't really fill a need, but um, if he's just there to put up points, that's the plan, I guess. And 
the last thing I'll touch on in the Oilers is that they did bring back Mike Smith, oh. which is kind of funny, kind of funny to me, $2 million. Um, in a really deep goalie market, they brought back Mike Smith, guy who has been hovering around the 899 to 902 kind of area <laughs> in his safer last few years. Um, in a really deep goalie market where they could have gone out and got someone, they lost out on Thomas Grace by, I think, like 100K. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That's that's a tough move on the Oilers. You know, that he wasn't great last year. He wasn't great in, with the Flames the year prior. Ugh, I don't know. I don't really like that for Edmonton there. Yeah, like, I'm in the same boat as you, Russo. Like, I didn't like that Mike Smith signing up until that point. I thought Edmonton had a pretty good offseason, not going to lie. Like, bringing in depth players for cheap. And all their contracts are basically all cheap. Like, Barry's is pretty cheap for, like, what he is and what he can do on the Edmonton Oilers. And he's going to pass the puck to McDavid, dry set on the power play and get power play points. Don't know why he didn't do it on the Leafs, but yeah, I think what Edmonton did this offseason and then with their goaltending, like, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like the Smith move at $2 million. He's not that good. And what you said, Russo, like, they could have went after Grace for like 100K or whatever more. And for the forward group, like, I do like it now. Like, it's actually pretty decent adding SC Puliarvi, who they horribly forced into the lineup on game one versus the Calgary Flames, I think, four years ago, right, Russo? Uh, yeah, it was in 2016, 2017. He scored in that game. Yeah, he's but, but I know they just I've, forced him into that season. Yeah, and I know I've said it to you before, but with Pooley Irvy, he should have never played in his draft plus one year. No, no, they no. should have sent him on a, on a plane back to Finland and said, Okay, go back to Finland, dominate another year, and then we'll we'll talk in a year. And I think that's the first mistake they made with Pooley Irvy. And then they played him through all those injuries back in, I think it was, was it 18, 19, where he was playing through like a ton yeah. of injuries. Like, I I don't understand. Hopefully, Ken Holland and hopefully uh, Dave Tippett can figure it out and just play him where he should be. Play him with Allen. Like, play him with McDavid. Play him with Dreisaitl. Give him a chance. Yeah, he's going to get that chance. Yeah, in Pugliarvi's three years, his most common line, line mate was Milan Lucic. <laughs> play him with McDavid. Give him that chance. He's got tools. Yeah, um, and he has a lot of tools. I really like Jesse Pugliarvi. And over in Finland, like, what he was doing, he was able to carry – um carpet himself and just run the play from the wing just all over the ice and yet it is the finish league and we'll see how that translates over to the nhl but like he is insanely dominant over there yeah don't ruin him don't don't ruin this guy i love him don't ruin him okay uh i guess moving on uh a kind of minor signing but i thought it was a big one for boston craig smith off to the bruins uh that was a really that's a signing I really liked for the Bruins. Craig Smith, low key, one of like the better play drivers in the NHL, and in a depth role, that Bruins offense is scary. Um, uh, just quickly though, it, did you guys see Brad Marchand and David Pasternak yeah. may not start the next year? Yeah. So that Craig Smith signing coming and in handy, but uh, and Matt well. Boy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but no, it's a signing I like from Boston. So, um, yeah. Tom, and- what are your thoughts on Craig Smith? I really like Craig Smith. I mean, I was kind of surprised he went to Boston, and I think that's a little unfair that they can have him and Charlie Coyle together on, like, a third line. Mm -hmm. Uh, Boston went from very much being a one-line team to now that is a quite deep team. Um, And we'll see how their injuries play out if um, Marshan and Pasternak do miss the start of the season. McAvoy misses training camp. I still don't know when the season's going to start, but if – all indications point to where they will be out for a period of time. And that's going to hurt Boston. I mean, they made a pickup to hopefully fill some gaps. And then when those guys come back, it pushes him further down the lineup. And Boston's offense looks really scary all of a sudden. Yeah. I mean, just let just uh, let the Lords, let Andre Kasha stay healthy, please. Yeah. Please. Him too. yeah. And then I think oh, overall, like the – Bruins free agency has been a negative. I mean, Craig Smith is not Tory Krug, and they haven't really done much else. But, I mean, uh, Krug wasn't going to stay, and it sounded like they didn't offer him a contract this season. And then they brought in Craig Smith, and they're recouping some of their losses. And Craig Smith's quite a good player. So, yeah. Thomas? Yeah, for me, um, Craig Smith's, like, one of the most underrated 20-goal scorers in this league, and he's literally proven yeah. it. Like, you go on his hockey DB, and he's scored 20 goals every season. I'm pretty sure. So on Nash, like he was playing on Nashville last year and they didn't really score a ton of goals. 
So, I mean, when you score 20 goals on a team like Nashville, it's pretty good. And then you're going to Boston with all these offensive weapons now. And, you know, all these players are injured. Pasternak and Marchand. So, I mean, he's going to get a real good chance to step up for this Bruins team at the start of the year. And if he can do it, good for him. And if he can't, he's just going to be bumped down the lineup on the third line and just pot in goals once again when they're back. So they have $11 million in cap space, the Bruins do, to sign Jake DeBrusque and Matt Grizzlick when they are RFAs right now. So I think they're going to get it done. Just next year, it's going to be a bit of a problem, kind of, when they have to sign a bit more players like Brandon Carlo and Andre Kasha to that and even their goalie tandem. But I think this is a really solid signing for uh, the Boston Bruins. They not need a guy like this, but it kind of takes a bit of relief off the first line. But they are a very deep team. So, I mean, this signing is very good. All right. And then... Kevin LeBanc. Yep. I was going to talk about Kevin LeBanc. Yeah. Uh, He signs a four-year deal with the San Jose Sharks. He was an RFA this season. 4.725 for four years with the Sharks. Uh, Kevin LeBanc's a player I've really liked for a long time. Um, He took, obviously, that $1 million kind of prove-it deal last year when he probably could have banked in this contract a year ago. But for Kevin LeBanc, it's really good. For the Sharks, from a Sharks perspective, they're a team that kind of has a lot of money tied up in a lot of different players. This could hurt them down the line, but Kevin LeBanc's a really solid player. And I think uh, if he bounces back to the way he played in 1819, uh, it could be a W for the Sharks. Uh, yeah, I, again, Kevin LeBanc's a guy I like, so it yeah. should be okay. I mean, yeah, I'm fine with it. I mean, it's mostly just on San Jose with all the other contracts that they have. That is going to be a problem. Um, I didn't realize Kevin Bank was still only 24, which, I mean, he's pretty good. Uh, not much more growth going to happen there, but he did take that one-year bet-on-himself deal. Not really bet-on-yourself, but like bet-on-the-team to win a cup. And that failed horribly, and he cashed in a little bit here. So, yeah. I mean, can't really fault him, can't really fault the team. Uh, it's mostly just unfortunate for him. It's a little higher than what I think I would have expected him to come at. Uh, but overall, it's a pretty solid deal. Yeah, I, I, I like the deal. I'm, I, I'm a fan of it. I'm more of a fan than not a fan of it, if that makes sense, because Kevin yeah. LeBanc, I think, is going to be a 50-point scorer in the NHL for the not rest of his career, maybe. He's going to maybe have some down years, but, I mean, I think he could still put up 50 points with the guys he's playing around, and there's been a lot of talk about the San Jose Sharks lately. They signed Matt Nieto yesterday, and they also signed... Um, Patrick Marlowe back for a third stint with the San Jose Sharks. If this team can stay healthy and play good and have this chemistry that they had a few years ago, I think they can make the playoffs. I don't think it's out of reach. Like I've seen people bash the San Jose Sharks on Twitter and it just comes down to Jones and Dubnik. It just comes yeah. down from, they just have to play yeah. mediocre. Yeah. And that's going to be, that might be a problem for the Sharks for goaltending because Martin yeah. Jones really has been, he's been not very good the last two seasons and Devin Dubnik was an 890 this year. It's a little scary. It's a little frightening from a Sharks perspective. But, you know, if you if if Eric Carlson can even get back to 80% of what he was, you know, when he was, like, the top defenseman in the league for years, you know, it, it's not a stretch, especially in a really weak Pacific division where it seems like everybody but Vegas are going to be fighting to get in. Yeah. Chance for the Sharks, I think. But we'll see. Like you said, it's going to come down to goaltending. Yeah, and then... Um, a low key pickup was Detroit with Nemestikov. I think Steve Eiserman, man. Steve Eiserman. Just moving on here, like it's not a big pickup. Uh, Nemestikov's been around a little bit. Tampa, the Rangers, uh, Colorado, was it? Yeah. And now he's with Detroit, and it's just he's been low key good wherever he goes. Yeah. They I mean, need bodies. And yeah, he, uh, he found a cheap deal. It was what two million bucks or something? Two million for two years, yeah. Yeah. And he uh, he's a he's an Iserman guy because he was with Iserman yes. in Tampa, and yep. that's why I think that's how Iserman probably got him over there. Was you know you know what I can do is GM. Um, yep. But yeah, like Detroit, I think they're I think Iserman's plan this off season was hey like we're gonna sign NHL players yeah. and we're gonna ice an NHL team rather than whatever they iced last year was. Uh, you know, obviously they were in Nemestikov, Bobby Ryan, um, Sam Gagne they brought back. And then obviously on the back end, uh, Troy Stetcher was a nice one for them and Thomas Grace. So Detroit may not be very good again next year. I'm not betting on them being very good. But you know what? Steve Eiserman, he's at least trying to build something here. And uh, I think he's really going to turn this team to a wagon eventually. 
Um, you know, we'll see. And then, Lucas Raymond. And Nemeskov, too, it's, I really like him for his versatility, right? He can play either wing. He can play center, take faceoffs, basically do it all. And I think that's really what Detroit needs is just guys to do a lot of things, whether it be penalty kill power play, first line, third line, center, wing. It doesn't really matter. They just need guys. And Nemeskov really brings in versatility for them. And I think that's a really, really good, like, low-key pickup for Eisenman, and he knows him, right? So, I yeah. Yeah, I I really like it more than what the what it was made out to be. Yeah, I'll get more into the Detroit Red Wings later in the episode because we have something coming up later. So I'll get to more to them at the end of the episode. But the next deal we have here before we get to the goalie signings is the last defenseman we have here. We have Eric Gustafson going to the Philadelphia Flyers. This is a weird one because they have a guy they like Gustafson in Goss's Bear, who was a yep. scratch basically the whole playoffs for the Flyers. So I think they may be moving on from him and kind of Gustafson coming into the fold there for the Flyers. They're great decor that they have going there. So I like the signing. Just you had a guy like Goss's Bear just waiting there. I don't I don't see why you needed to sign Gustafson, but it's a good signing. And I think they have to move on from Goss's Bear at this point because he's a scratch. And I don't think he deserves to be a scratch, to be honest. No, and I mean, Goss's Bear is what 4.5 million dollars for the next three years it's that's why i really think you got to move on from a guy like that um if you're not loving what he's doing on on the ice uh and i mean eric gustafson one year three million bucks don't really know what you would call that contract other than he went to go play in philadelphia i think that could be a replacement in the short term for gustafs bear if they really don't like him and then you trade gustafs bear then I mean, what's the loss on your end? You gain $4.5 million in cap space. Who's going to take that on for a guy you've had sitting in the press box every night? I don't know, but, like, that's still a player, and I really think this opens up the door for Philadelphia to do other really cool things uh, with their team. And then even just, like, with uh, Ratko Gudis walked out, so it brings in another body. And I think Philadelphia is still just underrated going to be a really good team and we saw it this year and yeah. hopefully they can keep moving on for next year uh just real quick Brad Kogutis, uh didn't walk out he was traded to Washington he walked out on Washington that Madness is correct wow but I'll just quickly add on Eric Gustafson I'm not going to act like I know everything about Eric Gustafson because he played 17 games with the Calgary Flames um I don't know if you watch Gustafson play, um, you know, his 60-point year in Chicago, I think kind of sums up um, everything you need to know about him. Offensively, power play quarterback, he's great. I mean, he was a really good quarter uh, power play quarterback for the Flames when they brought him in. He skates really well, can handle the puck really well. He has a lot of defensive shortcomings, um, which was proved in you know, the playoffs. Um, he was kind of getting caved in a lot. Uh, for Philly, though, if the plan is to move on from Shane Gossespierre, mm. Gossespierre could be a good replacement on the power play. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's a whatever signing. It's kind of just you know you're, we're bringing you in, and um, you know we'll see where we go from here. Um, but you know, for Philly, if the plan is to move on from Ghost, um, then yeah, I, I don't mind it for Philly bringing Go- um, Gustafson to play with Provorov and Sanheim and and Robert Hag and Phil Myers. It's it's really not all that bad. So. Philly, it is what it is. And um, the next one we got here was pretty significant. Um, after the Vancouver Canucks lost out on bringing back Jacob Markstrom, they bring in Braden Holpe. Two years, $4.3 million per year. 4.3, correct? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I believe so. Yeah, 4.3 over two years for Braden Holpe in Vancouver. Uh, I mean, like, it's a really good – I mean, I don't know. I I think I'm higher on Holpe than I should be. I'm not quite sure like what he's gonna end up being with Vancouver. Like, is he just gonna be the? Are they gonna make him the starter over uh, Demko? I don't think that would be the right call. I could see him a lot like the Crawford deal in New Jersey, where you have this young guy coming up, and then you let Holpe mentor him, and then you split a little bit. Um, as far as I'm concerned, Holpe's still a good goalie. Term money. Um, terms not bad. Money for Vancouver is a little rough 
especially because it was a very unnecessary signing. Yeah. Um, like it's it's good, but like you didn't need to do it. So and you had other players like Toffoli walked, and that was Tyler Toffoli money you could have spent. So I think it was allocating their resources poorly, but overall I like the deal for what it is. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I guess for me, like I kind of agree with you and disagree with you when you say they didn't need to do it and they did need to do it because I don't know if I would trust, like Dumko is a good goalie, but I don't know if I would trust him for a full year next year without playing a full year, if you don't, like if you get what I'm saying. like Yeah, I understand that. I guess Brayden Holpe's there, not for relief, but like, if Demko does have a rocky start or rocky stretches, Braden Holpe is going to step in there and hopefully play good in front of your, uh, behind your team. Sorry. And I think, yeah, that's fine. I mean, they lost Markstrom. That's a very good replacement in, in the goalie market. Not going to lie. So, I mean, they could have went with Grace, Grace Demko tandem, but I think Holpe was uh, the guy there that they wanted kind of a fit replacement for Markstrom. And I believe is, is Demko like um, available for expansion? Um, I don't believe he I, would. I be. think he is. You think so? Because I think because he's played, he played one game in uh, seventeen, eighteen, nine games in eighteen, nineteen, and then he played a full. He played basically. He was there the whole year this year, mm-hmm. um, and then so next year, yeah. So I think he's available. Don't so me on that. I think he is. Holtby would have to be exposed, right? Yeah, I imagine right. that's going to be the plan. There's your. Seattle Kraken goaltender, but there's a lot, so you know they may not take. Uh, yeah, um, a- yeah uh, I was gonna just touch on Holpe real quick. Um, it's an okay signing. Um, Holpe, obviously, since they won the since he won the cup with Washington, his career kind of has gone downhill a little bit. Um, he had a nine oh seven in the eighteen seventeen eighteen year, nine eleven in eighteen nineteen, and then. Um, 897 this past year. Um, I mean, for two years, I guess it's fine. And you kind of need a guy for, for Demko because I do agree with Thomas. I don't necessarily think he, uh, I don't know if I'd be trusting Thatcher Demko to play 60 games because in 27 this year, he had a, I believe it was a 905 save percentage. And I think people are getting really excited about the, the four or three playoff games he played this year and he threw up a 980. Um, sample size is way too small Yeah, um, for him to come in and be, okay, are you going to do this for a full year? Uh, like I said, I think Grice could have been a potentially better option for cheaper considering Vancouver is in a cap crunch and they have some bad contracts there and, you know, they have to sign Pedersen and Hughes next year. But um, I don't mind it. Again, it's a veteran guy. He's won a cup. He's won a Vesna. Holtby's been a great goalie for a long time. May not be what he used to be, but for Thatcher Demko, to kind of be able to learn from, I don't mind it. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I said, it's a deep goalie market again, and they they lost Markstrom, and they kind of needed someone to replace him. And I think Holtby could be that guy, but uh, we'll see. Uh, and then the other goalie signing, I touched on it real quick, but it was Thomas Grace in Detroit. Um, I like it for Detroit again. They Jimmy Howard was not good this past year; he really wasn't. Um, he only had two wins this year. Um, but Thomas Grice coming in, he's been very, very good the past two seasons. Um, he had yeah. a 913 this year, uh, but he had a 927 in, seven, in uh, 1819. Uh, three point, what was it? 3.6 for two years. It's a good signing for Detroit. They got a goal. Joe should be able to stop the puck. Um, and that's, you know, again, it, it comes back to my point about New Jersey, uh, not New Jersey, Detroit signing NHL players. <laughs> this is an NHL player that they need to get under contract. And I, again, Steve Eiserman, he's doing work, man. And I like it for them. Yeah. And uh, really, I don't think you can go wrong with it, right? Like, I mean, no. it's two years, 3.6. I mean, he's 34, but like, does do they need the cap space? No. Does Detroit have money? Yes. Can't really go wrong. And with are it. they going to win? No. No. Right. Oh. So like, I mean, Thomas Grace, I don't know much about him, but like, I would assume he's at least good in the locker room. And I think having a European player there as a goalie on the back end, I think that'd be underrated for what they have coming up with like Zadina uh, and like all the other picks. They have Cider too. Like they have a lot of European players. I think having a European goalie is helpful for them. That's one way to put it, I would say. Yeah, I'll, I'll touch on Detroit later. 
So yeah, okay. So then we'll move on to the next one, Matt Murray, which we talked about a little bit. A couple. We talked about the trade. We didn't talk about the actual yep, contract trade, um, where it was the second in a prospect for Matt Murray. Yeah, and I think overall, like it's what was Matt Murray's actual contract? It was six point two five, I believe. Four. And six point two five over four years. Yeah, I like get that Ottawa has the space, but yeah, that's a lot of money for Matt Murray. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like, if yeah. you look at like what Markstrom got, who was the top goaltender, he got six by six, and you're out here giving an RFA goalie six point two five when you're the Ottawa Senators and can't afford anything. Like yeah. he takes up eight yeah. percent of their cap, which it's I don't know, man. That's it's, a lot for Matt Murray, especially when it was very clear that a lot of teams around the league did not view him as the number one on Pittsburgh. Right. Um, on the Ottawa Senators, who don't have defense, <clears throat> and it's not going—it's not looking good for them, really. I mean, no. they have really good pieces in place, and hopefully, they all grow really well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Matt Murray's the guy on the back end you trust to help build this team. I think they yeah, could have gone elsewhere. Sorry, I'll just touch on that. Um, the Matt Murray trade—I didn't mind for Ottawa because yeah, the trade was need, fine. You needed a goalie and a 26-year-old goalie with two Stanley Cups under his belt. It's a good bet that he might bounce back. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that now you're giving him $6.25 million per year. Let me just throw out there. Matt Murray is the seventh highest paid goalie in the league now. He makes more than Connor Hellebuck, who just won the Vesna. He makes more than Robin Leonard. He makes more than Darcy Kemper. More than Freddie Anderson. More than Freddie Anderson, yeah. like it's. I get why they did it. I really, really do. But we know... Eugene Melnick, and we know the way how he's so tight with money. This season, he still has, they still have to sign Connor Brown, Chris Tierney, uh, Rudolph Balsers, and Nick Paul. Next season, they got to sign Brady Kachuk, Logan Brown, and Drake Batherson. Um, Which where is that money? money. No, 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 like they're gonna have the cap space to do it. It's just that if Eugene well, Melnick is still gonna be. If they're going to be tight on money the way that they have been, like we talk about Mika Zibanejad when he was traded, it was because Melnick didn't want to pay a signing bonus. That's crazy. They didn't want to re-sign Eric Carlson because he was going to make too much money. And now you're throwing out 6.25 to a goalie who was a sub-900 this year? Uh, and again, I get it. I get that Ottawa has the room to do it. It just yeah. – I really wonder what's going to happen in a few years because we've seen guys just kind of – when their contracts are up, they're either traded or they walk out. And it wouldn't this wouldn't scare me as much if Melnick wasn't their owner. If Melnick's not their owner and they give 6.25 to Matt Murray, okay, whatever. But we've seen what Melnick does with the money and how he, he squeezes guys. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how this plays out. But if Matt Murray can rebound, it's not bad for Ottawa. But Yeah, a, and then of- I get what you're saying. And my point of this is like, the only reason I think it's fine is because they have the cap space to do it. I don't think Matt Murray's worth 6.25, to be honest. Like, I think Markstrom's better and he got less. Not much less, but whatever. Uh, I think Murray's good, a good goalie and hopefully can bounce back. But it's like the only reason I'm good with it is because they have the cap space. Imagine if the Leafs traded for him and gave him this contract. Oof. You know, this city would, like, riot they would, they would for the contract. The so that's the only reason why I think everyone is viewing this as fine because they have the cap space. If you went to a team with a cap yeah. cruncher close to the cap space, it wouldn't be fine. So, yeah, because memory's good. Million in cap. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, all right. So moving on, uh, let's talk about the Florida Panthers real quick because they made some moves. A lot of moves. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of moves. Let's start off with. I know this happened a few weeks ago with Mike Matheson out, Patrick Hornquist in. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I mean, it adds a guy with, again, Stanley Cup pedigree and grit to your lineup. And I think that's what Florida tried to get in Achari. And who's the other player? Who's the other center? Um, Connolly. Yes, Brett Connolly, that's the one. Uh, that's what they try to get in them, and I think they haven't really stepped up to be those guys. And I think Hornquist can play in your top six with 
maybe I don't if Dadanoff gets lost and Hoffman gets lost, those are still two guys on the market, which is crazy for me to understand. But yeah, Hornquist can go into the top six and kind of provide that grit and kind of pot and goals here and there. I think it's a great deal for Florida. Yeah, and I think yeah, like Hornquist still has a lot to give, right? And I think um, Florida's been having a really interesting offseason. And I think like if they stick him next to Barkov or Huberto or whoever they want to, I think he'll. He's still got a lot to play, and I think that's a really good one. And the, yeah, yeah, he has a lot of hard miles on him, is what I'll say about Hornquist. He does a but lot. We've of seen, yeah, but we've seen like how well he's played with with Crosby and Malkin. If he gets a chance to play with Barkov and Huberto, it could work. To be honest with you guys, I didn't even know they signed Vinny Henestrosa. I really like that one million for one year. This was a guy I couldn't really believe that. The Coyotes didn't qualify, and I get I get go. everything that's happened with them, and you know the money, and you know everything. I um, Hinnis Schroeder's really solid defensive, like third line forward, can chip in offensively. I really like that. I really like the Carter Verhage signing. Um, Wenberg, I think, was one that maybe flew a little under the radar. Um, After being bought out, I like that for them. Yeah, too. yeah. You know, again, one year. It's one year. Like they needed. A second line center is Wenberg that guy? Maybe not, but they traded Vinny's Vinny Trocek. Wenberg could kind of step in here and maybe give them what they need. Um, you know, Marcus Nidavara they brought in and Ratko Gudis, kind of two guys that could play in like your middle kind of pairing. Mm-hmm. They still got they still got to sign Mackenzie Weaker, but you know, left. I mean, or trade Florida, him. Uh, Zito is. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, Zito, like, he uh, new GM, he's doing work. Yeah, I think they've had a pretty good, a pretty uh, yeah, a pretty good month. And I don't think yeah. uh, they've really taken a step Even, back. I don't know if they've taken a step forward though, but they've taken uh, money off the books and they've reallocated it, and hopefully for cheaper they could be the same team or a better team. And yeah, yep. Even if they uh, do lose Hoffman and Dadanov, I think they'll be okay. Yeah, with two good players, there's still an opportunity. Yeah, Hoffman for Dad not uh, to go back. I think Hoffman's probably gone, but so yeah, it seems I think Hoffman's yeah, but if they can bring back Dadanov, you know, it's not a bad looking top six if they can get him back. No, so uh, can I just give my general thoughts quickly? Yeah, yeah go for it. Okay, so like, I, I, what you guys were saying, like I like Tom, especially what you said. I th- I don't think it's a step forward or a step back. I think it's a step because they needed this step after what happened last year with a tire fire goaltender and Bobrovsky. Like he was one of the worst goalies in the league, making ten million dollars. And I'm not saying it's all his fault, but like you got to start playing better, man, when you're making that paycheck and getting that every year. So I think it. I think these are moves the Florida Panthers needed to make and started to make change to their lineup because. You can't keep relying on Jonathan Huberdeau and Alexander Barkov to drive your offense every every game. It's from the defensive side. I think Yandel chipped in a bit last year, but wasn't really that great. Ekblad needs to start playing like first overall pick Aaron Ekblad. Like he's good, but he needs to give a little bit more. And I think these are moves that just help the depth of the of the team. And Gudis is going to add grit. Wenberg's going to add another center line, uh, another center to their team that's going to hopefully bounce back in his career after getting Bado, as we mentioned. Uh, Verhage is another grit guy who's going to step in there to their maybe their bottom six can play through there. And then Hinnestroza is a guy who was uh, also not qualified from Arizona. And I think, and again, these are all guys who just kind of need to prove it again that they can still play and be effective in the league. So I think it's a great move for uh, the Florida Panthers here. Uh, we'll, quick, we'll quickly uh, go to the New York Islanders uh, just before we get into the last stretch. Uh, they made a move with the Colorado Avalanche. They acquired two second-round picks in next year's draft and the year after for Devon Davis, a guy who's been really underrated these past few years, a guy I really like. Uh, Colorado just, like, adding to the offseason that they've had. They brought in Brandon Saad. They re-signed Barkovsky and Nechushkin to pretty good deals. Joe Sackick, man, he's he's done some absolutely great work, and now Devon Taves being brought in, um, really solidifying that decor. Um, really good move. He still has to be signed, but Colorado, they got cap space. Um, I imagine they're going to get something done here, but that defense group now, man, that's, it's scary. They can defend, they can play offensive and 
to add to that that group, that terrifying group that they have up front. It's that team, man. If they don't win a cup in these next few years, like They're it's a be failure. Fun. But man, yeah, oh, so much fun. And I think a lot of like, well, this trade, um, you can look at it from not really two like two sides. It's like if you know hockey and you know a lot about it, and you go, "Wow, Colorado absolutely stole Devontae's." If you do not know mm-hmm. much about hockey or you just casually follow it, man, the Islanders just ripped Colorado off. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it could go it, both ways for a random fan. If you know about hockey, you know this is overall a really good trade and we'll see what the deal ends up being i can't imagine it's a whole lot uh but they have the cap space and they have room and he's devon Taves is one hell of a defender colorado can add to that team i think it's yeah. just overall a really solid deal and Especially- like i know the islanders had to do it to kind of get to be able to sign their guys but you're letting a really good guy in devon yeah. Taves go at least they got a decent return for him. Yeah, like two seconds for an RFA. You can't, can't be mad at it, but it's it's not overly great. Ideal, yeah. Yeah, it's not ideal when you could have used him on your team, granted cap issues and whatever. Uh, but they're a turn. Like, yeah, I don't think you can be really mad at either side. It's just Colorado's getting a really, really good player. Yeah, friendly reminder that Lou Lamarella won GM of the year. Like, <laughs> we have yeah, we disagree but uh just really quick last thing on the islanders shout out austin zarnick signed a two-year um seven hundred twenty-five thousand dollar contract with the islanders i believe it's two-way um i just wanted to touch on him because uh that's your boy yeah he's a guy that i didn't really feel got a fair shake in calgary um i really hope he can get into the islanders lineup and you know make an impact don't know if he will under trots but uh, i just wanted to shout out austin zarnick because i it's a guy i really wanted to see continue to be in a flame but um wasn't meant to be uh yeah, all right hey, when that happens though like when you I like a player it. and they're not in the lineup like it doesn't yeah, make like, sense zach ronaldo like you guys know my thoughts yeah. like, i'm not gonna get into it but yeah i just i hope he gets a fair shake in uh in new york um so we're gonna finish it off here i'll start with you two guys um who do you guys think have had a good off season thus far and which teams do you feel had a bad to underwhelming offseason so far? Obviously, there's still a lot of guys on the board, so it could change. But uh, if we're on today, on October 14th, who do you guys think um, have had good offseasons and bad? Start with yeah. You. yeah, for me, I think it's got to be the Detroit Red Wings. I mean, their team isn't going to be good next year, but it's going to be better than last year. I think adding guys like John Merrill, uh, Thomas Grice, Troy Stetcher, Vladislav Nemestikov and Bobby Ryan, I think that's just going to bring a lot of more skill to your lineup and just tells your team like, hey, we're not going to be as bad as last year as we were a tire fire. Um, yeah, these are guys who are just going to step in and kind of prove it. Like it's we've been saying this throughout whole free agency, like just prove they can still play and prove they can put up the numbers with the team they have around them in the Detroit Red Wings. Like they're not going to be good next year, like, but these are just guys who are just going to step in and be good for their team. And I I really like what the Detroit Red Wings do. We're not going to be as bad as last year, so I really like these additions for uh, for the Red Wings, especially. Yeah, and who's yeah. your team that you? Uh, oh, if Tom, you want to go for your good team? Yeah, no, you, you, Tom, Tom, go first. We'll do okay. good first. Okay. Yeah, my team that's had a really good off season. I, I want to say the Leafs. I honestly think they've had a really good one. Yeah, that's that's fair to say. I, I think that like that's fair to say, right? Like, oh it's yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. It's not a homer bias or whatever. They've legitimately upgraded on the back end, brought yeah, in. TJ Brody's a hell of a player, my guy. He he is. I'm like, that's the best D partner Morgan Riley's ever had. And this dude at one point put up 70 points with Ron Hainsey. Like, um, Take care of our king. Take care of our king. We will, and we'll see how the media <laughs> deals with that. But so far, it's like he's not the whipping boy, so that's good. Uh, but I think they just upgraded. I said it in the last episode. They've upgraded their bottom six and really changed it around where they needed to. And just, they brought in Arendelle uh, as well. And that's Mm a very good third goalie. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I like that too. And it's like, if he's the third goalie or if Anderson or uh, Campbell get hurt, then like he could step in. And if he has to play five games, I don't care. He's he's good enough. I won't be be worried like I am when we had Michael Hutchinson, who just was the backup. 
I don't want Mark Michael Hutchinson to ever touch the ice, yet he had to because he was a backup. Now I don't care if Campbell does or if Campbell's not good enough and they just bring in Aaron Dell. Whatever happens, they're safe in net, which is something we haven't been able to say in a while. And the bottom six of the forward group's been redone and people are going to battle out uh, for spots. And the defense is better than it's been in a really long time. And I think they've legitimately addressed every need they could have and had a good draft as well. And I really think like this is something where the Leafs can grow and grow and grow and they could legitimately contend this year. And we look at this team and it has no glaring flaws on it. How that works on the ice, we'll see. But I think they've legitimately had a really good offseason. And Russo, if you want to go with who your winner is so far, who do you yeah, say? Yeah, I was going to talk a little bit about Detroit, but I think Thomas already uh, touched on that. Um, two teams that I think have been ahead of the pack. Um, I was going to say Vegas, but obviously adding Petrol is huge for Vegas. Um, but um, the Colorado Avalanche, I think, is my, my team that I, I look at. And they've had a really good offseason. Um, Bring in Brandon Saad uh, for Nikita Zadorov, who isn't necessarily very good. He's big, he's mean, but doesn't really do a whole lot else. And Brandon Saad is going to add a lot to that top six. Um, they obviously got Andre Burakovsky and uh, Valerie Nachushkin signed on pretty reasonable deals. Valerie Nachushkin, 2.5 for the next two years, and Andre Burakovsky, 4.9 for the next two years, I think are both really good deals for them. And then obviously bringing Devon Tapes is huge for that back end. Um, I think that kind of frees them up if they want to make a move to to move out Eric Johnson or if they want to move out uh, Ian Cole. Um, that defense group is really good. And, you know, obviously Bowen Byram and um, Connor Timmons are also waiting in the wings. Um, yeah. We'll see if they can get, uh, get into that lineup next year. Uh, but, yeah, I, I really, really liked what the Avalanche did. I saw people saying, oh, they should have gone out and got a goalie. Uh, their goalie tandem is really, really good. Philip Grubauer and Pavel Francouz. If those guys in the playoffs can stay yeah. healthy, I I don't think um, it's a worry for Colorado at all. Um, That's the issue. It's a really good team. They're probably they probably have the deepest they probably have the deepest forward group in the NHL, um, and they have a really solid defense core. You know, headlined by Kale McCarr. Um, you know, this is a team that if they're Stanley Cup ready, they were Stanley Cup ready last year, and now they've added to it. Um, this Joe Sackick has done a phenomenal job. Phenomenal. Like four years ago, remember how bad they were? They were like historically bad. And just four years later, they are top dogs going in, probably with them in Vegas, top dogs in the West. Uh, the other team I just wanted to quickly hit on uh, for having a really good offseason, uh, the New Jersey Devils. Yeah. I love what they've done. Andreas Janssen, we already talked about it. Yeah. Janssen, Crawford, Ryan Murray, um, Nico Heischer, and Jack Hughes are only going to get better. As time goes on, uh, really like what they've done. Um, yeah, and uh, Thomas, if you want to get into yeah. which teams, you, team that you think have had a very underwhelming offseason so far. Yeah, I think the better word is underwhelming. We put bad here. I think it's more underwhelming uh, for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I think my thing, my decision has changed. I think it might be the Blackhawks because it's underwhelming because next year it's going to look a lot more better than it is right now because they have a lot of. Well, not a lot, but they have some people coming off the books and Zach Smith at $3.2 million. So that's going to help. But they really did not add to the goaltending slot. Like if they really trust Colin Delia and Malcolm Subban to carry you in a season, hey, go ahead. If you trust them and know better than we do, go ahead. But I just don't see it like really happening. I don't think anyone is going to see this tandem really working out. So they didn't really get a goaltender in the back end. But Chicago's not going to be good anyways. They're going to be all right. But, and then losing, we talked about, you talked about it just quickly, Russo, getting sad for, to uh, Colorado. Losing that trade three times, like I know that's years past, but like losing that trade three times, <laughs> getting Brandon Saad out of there, like I think it's just a bit underwhelming for them. But things hopefully will look yeah, better in the future. But yeah, yeah, you guys give your picks. I like uh, Chicago was going to be one of my picks. And like that Saad thing is actually quite hilarious. Um, <laughs> And I know Chicago fans will be mad about that. But uh, if it wasn't for Chicago, I'd actually have the Canucks. I mean, I'd, man, they didn't add anything. They added nothing but a goalie tandem for which they didn't overly need to. And they reallocated their dollars in weird ways to where 
they had to lose Stetcher, who they didn't even qualify yeah, to fully. <clears throat> they lost a lot and brought in nothing. And I really uh, just but yeah, like they're really just relying on uh, internal growth from Peterson or Pedersen and Besser and Horvat, uh, Miller as well. But like, who? That's really just all who's gonna grow because you still have the whole bottom six on that team that's just gonna be on the decline. And when they yeah. didn't have anything, I think it's hard to really look at that and say that they had a neutral offseason, let alone a good one. They and did it, bring in Schmidt though. They did bring in H. Schmidt for a third, which a third. Uh, I think it's good. Point of view, I think they're lucky to get a third with the kind of cap crunch they were in. I would assume they had a couple bidders for Nate Schmidt, and then Vancouver was the highest. But like, and he's worth well more than a third. It's just you yeah. have a division rival in just a tight cap crunch, and they had to move him, and you didn't make them pay for it. Um, but yeah, I think Vancouver's just had a really rough one overall. Thomas. Yeah, I think it's like sort of the same thing as Chicago. It's underwhelming for now until next year because they do have to sign uh, uh, Pedersen and uh, Hughes. Hughes. So, but they're getting Edler and Jordy Ben, Sven Berchi, Tanner Pearson, Brandon Sutter off the books next year. So I think that's why it's underwhelming this season because they have the guys next year who they need to sign and they're going to have guys coming off the books next year and it's going to look a lot more brighter and they can really spend this year. But they still have Vertanen and Gaudet not signed, and they have like a million dollars in cap space. So I, I, I can't agree with that. Just things will look better next summer for Vancouver. Yeah, like, oh, it definitely will be. And I think like this was the cap crunchier for yeah, them, exactly. which is unfortunate because yeah. they lucked into making the playoffs and then did what they did against St. Louis. But I really just don't think they've had a – I've been whelmed, even a little bit disappointed what they've done. I don't know. Russo, who's your pick? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys on both Chicago and Vancouver. I'll touch on Chicago real quick. Uh, they brought in Zadorov, who isn't necessarily great. Um, and if they're, again, if their plan is to go with Colin Delia and Malcolm Subban, uh, I just, I don't know, man. Like, Colin Delia didn't play a game this year in the NHL. And Malcolm Subban was an 890 and 20 in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, their goaltending is going to look rough. And there's a reason I think the core is a little upset with Stan Bowman. Um, again, like you said, Tom, is losing a Brandon Saw trade three times in a row is pretty hilarious. Yeah, um, it's the same GM but, doing it too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I, I, I talk about Brad Tree Living, like how how he has how he survived all this time. I know Stan Bowman won three cups, but how the hell is he still there? So I was just gonna um, say, yeah, but um, yeah, underwhelming for Chicago. Uh, but I'm also gonna touch on Vancouver. What I will give. Jim Benning some credit. He could have gone out and he could have thrown all his money at Jacob Markstrom and he could have thrown all his money at Chris Tanev. Uh, he reluctantly held back. And I the Tanev deal is bad. The Markstrom deal could be very bad past year three and beyond. I give him credit for that. The problem is, is that you put all your money into mediocre players. Louis Erickson, Brandon Sutter, um, I'm not going to say Michael Furlan's mediocre because when he's healthy, he's actually a very effective player. It's just very unfortunate how the injuries have happened to him. He's been one of my, he's one of my favorite all-time players, and just kind of see what's been happening with him sucks. Sven Berici, three six. The Roussel and Beagle contracts were bad from the day Penn was put to paper, you know. And then same thing, Tyler Myers, same thing. Like these were going to be bad deals. The date happened. And you're now seeing the consequences for all these bad contracts. It's losing Tyler Toffoli. It's losing your your guy in Jacob Markstrom. You know, it's losing Troy Stetcher, who they easily could have brought back. Easily. And I I don't necessarily think the Nate Schmidt trade, they should Vegas should have paid them to take Nate Schmidt. And yes, I know Nate Schmidt's very good, but Vegas, they were over the cap. They had to get under. And Jim Benning gave them a third. And, like, I get it. I, I know Nate, Nate Schmidt's very good. Um, and, you know, a third for him is not a lot. It's actually a really good deal for Jim Benning. I just think that maybe Vegas should have had to offer something else in. They were just doing Vegas a favor getting under the cap. 
But uh, yeah, I know I, I know Vancouver. They had a really good year this year. You know, the fans were really excited, and Patterson and Hughes are superstars. Um, you know, Patterson's going to want north of ten million on his contract next year, and Hughes might be in that same boat. They're they're going to have to make some room, and the fact that there were even rumors that they were going to move Brock Besser. Yeah, it's crazy to re-sign Tyler Toffoli should have never should have never had to been a conversation in the first place. That should have never even that should have never been an issue. But contracts were handed out, and we'll see if Jim Benning if the, if this upcoming year is a flop for the Canucks, Jim Benning's tenure in Vancouver could potentially be over. Even though I give him a ton of credit, his drafting has been incredible. He's drafted some very good talent. Like Pedersen at five was considered a reach. You know, they ended up getting, you know, Hughes drops them at seven. You know, they, they nabbed, they got Demko. There are some guys, obviously like Nils Hoglander, I think is going to be a very, very effective player. Yeah. A lot of that's due to like Jim Benning's not a GM. That dude's a scout. Yeah. He no, is. He's a scout. And, and Judd Brackett was also a big part of it. Yeah, yeah, and um, but uh, it really just goes down to like why has he not been good at signing free agents? Because he doesn't really have a background in any of that. He's a scout, and he for yeah. prospects and through the draft, and now he's thrust into a GM role. And yeah, I mean, we'll see how far he can go. But so far, I don't think Vancouver's in the best of hands. They got superstars, Patterson Hughes. Those are guys that can carry a team, but. Um, we'll see but uh, I think we've touched on everything that we wanted to touch on today yep Um, so we again we thank for listening to the Burning Leaf Podcast Uh, if you want to follow us on Instagram and Twitter it's at the Burning Leaf Pod Um, and we will see you guys in the next one